Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean. But sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Hey, Jeff, welcome back. It is so good to be back. Very oh good. good. Very good. Very good. It was a nice vacation. We all needed to kind of take some downtime and, and take a break because, you know, this is this is an awesome thing. I love doing this podcast. I love our listeners. I love working with you. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And we are so grateful for Jim Jacks and the media network to take their time out to do this for us. But, you know, they need a break. We all needed a break. So it was good, especially with everything getting ready to, to amp up with football season and all the different projects that we have going on in our life so it was nice to take a little group and a little time a little regroup and we're back and you know jumping right into it I know and we're going into that fall time of year we got football on we got everything starting to ramp up and we know that even though maybe a little different we're still getting into the best time of the year we know that Yes, I love, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm so ready for fall. I want a little bit cooler weather. Obviously, football season started, and I was excited for that. But fall is my favorite time of the year. I'm big on big on Halloween, just decorating Thanksgiving. This is this is this is you know my ideal time. I got married in November, right outside of hurricane season. So this this to me, this is what I look forward to. Drop those temps about 20 degrees, and then we're talking. Well, you know, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. Yes, I'm I know. Yes, but I am an impatient person. And I want it now. I'm so ready. I just assume because it's football season and, you know, we get, we get a little bit of a cool front that, that, Hey, let, let's get in the seventies and I'm ready to be outside and just enjoy the weather. My garden's looking great. Yard's looking great, but I, it's just still too warm to get out there. It's, it's a little warm, but I tell you what, you know, it, it, it's always funny because when the preseason starts in the NFL, you know, you watch a little of the preseason game and you walk outside and you go, it is way too hot for football. And, and so now, you know, this year we didn't have a preseason. We dove right into the season. And so it was very confusing to watch a game and go, wait, is it, is it fall? Is this? Yes. I, I, very, and of course, our weather situation right now didn't help that equation at all. No, so very was, interesting times. It was. It really was. And, and I will, I, I thank the powers that be for having an inside stadium. <laughs> the Superdome <laughs> is nice and cold on Sundays when we're normally there, which we'll get into in a little bit was a very strange experience of watching the game at home on Sunday, but, but yeah, it's always so nice inside there. So it didn't really matter if it's really hot outside or it's storming. We're always comfortable inside that dome. You know, in fact, sometimes we are even cold inside sometimes that. Sometimes we're a little too chilly inside that super. I was about but to I say, I was like, complain. it gets cold. <laughs> I'll never complain about it ever. Cause it beats. I always feel when I watch football and I see outdoor stadiums, especially in green Bay, cause you know, they're, they deal with 
with the cold elements up there. So I will never, ever, ever complain about us having an indoor stadium because no matter what the weather it is, it is always perfect inside the dome and a great day. So jumping right into the Saints this week, this was our home opener against Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they won in, I'm not going to say spectacular fashion. It was a very fun game. It was, it's always great to see Tom Brady get flustered like he did but the defense I mean just the game itself was just exciting because we were so ready to just have that sense of normalcy and the Saints play and it was our home opener it was weird not having fans in the stadium not hearing the crowd noise as normal they did pump some in which was a little weird at first but uh me being a season ticket holder and not being there not being in my seats was a little strange um once I got used to it and and kind of settled in had a we were live tweeting i had group text going on it, it was much better i just i'm happy they won it was a great game kamara looked back to form mm-hmm. I, was, I was really really impressed with him and and he looked great unfortunately mike thomas he he uh, he's on my fan they're both on my fantasy team just in two separate leagues you know and, you're not uh, supposed to do that Tina. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to put the hometown guys on the fantasy team well that's how tempting it is and honesty in one league it was done intentionally in the other one i I didn't log in fast enough so i had wound up auto drafting and mike thomas was my first pick so when i when i saw that i was like oh okay well this is good but then unfortunately he only got me like two points on sunday and he's dealing with a high ankle sprain so it's gonna it's gonna be uh, interesting to see how many weeks he he sits out with that i know they said he's gonna try to play but you and i both know being sports fans and being involved with the with the team as much as we have been in the past that's not something that you usually get over one or two And, and and we both know that that necessarily won't be his decision to make correct we correct we know how this team operates we know the public personas versus the private personas and uh and mike thomas i give it to him i know that he wants to play i know that he wants to run right through it but uh the powers that be are gonna have a little bit more of a hand in that and of course we've got a lot of weapons we've got a lot of things that need to you know that, that we have a lot of things at our disposal so they may find it best especially since we're in week two you know what michael just have Set. a seat Enjoy the sights of this brand new, beautiful stadium in Las Vegas, but uh, don't let's not take any chances. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, which you know how much, and our listeners know how much I loved him, and uh-huh. kind of you know willed him over here. <laughs> he he actually he actually did really well this week. So I, I feel like that. I feel like the Raiders. You don't ever take a team for granted, but the Raiders are not one of those those games that you look at on the schedule and you go, oh man, you know that they're going to give us some problems. So I agree with you. I think he needs to sit and and and, and, and just. You know, give him a week to, to rest if he can. I just, like I said, I don't know if he's going to, but the defense did so well this week. Uh, uh, Jen- Jenkins, Jack Rabbit, I mean, we love him. He was a great pickup for us midseason, which was unusual. You usually don't get a player of that caliber, but, I mean, he he did a pick six on Brady. Brady had less than, uh, I think, like uh, 75 
4% passer rating, which was just crazy because that's all you were talking about the whole week is how is he going to do with the new system? They've got all these weapons. They shut down Mike Evans, which was great. Jared Cook had a you know phenomenal game. Drew's numbers were, were kind of off, but I just attributed that to that. It's just we normally get off to a little slower start on offense. So I, I'm not really, really concerned about that. I feel like we're going to find our groove. They just It goes back to not having preseason and not being able to have contact and, and play like they normally do. I think after one or two weeks, I think the offense is going to get clicking. I'm really not worried about that. Special teams, Thomas Moore said, he, he's just incredible. I mean, it was a really, it was a great game. And to me, in my professional opinion, I feel like uh, Tom Brady looked at like a fish out of water. He, it, it, there was questions always about him coming in with a new system, new coach. You know, was he a product of the Belichick system? I think looking at this I don't know if he's going to need more time to gel with them but he just he looked all over the place he was flustered he was cursing on the sidelines he was just he never seemed like he could get in sync with these guys well and and if I can give you my two cents because I think to some extent you're correct but I also think that we saw flashes of vintage Tom Brady that first drive, he, he took them right down the Saints' throat, first of all. And secondly, when you look at how he played and at the end of the fourth quarter, when they kind of were trying to make that bounce back, Tom, Tom Brady played very well. Now, with that being said, I think the Saints' defense did such a great job disrupting his momentum. by ju- that, that Jenkins interception was – outstanding the way that he jumped that route the way that he did and taking that ball that all makes a big difference to 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 Brady and Brady had those two big problems that happened in the first quarter I think he played a much better second quarter he outplayed Drew Brees in the second I'm sorry second half he outplayed Drew Brees but the damage was already done and so what I think you're going to see out of Tampa I think it's really great that our season starts and ends, the regular season starts and ends with Tampa because we got that immediate matchup. It's the highest rated opener in several years for Fox. And um, I think we're going to see at the end of the season how Tom Brady has progressed with that offense. Obviously, these guys haven't had a chance at all to play together. Um, you know, I think there were some flashes. I think they have some opportunities. Of course, you had Bruce Arians that throws him right under the bus after the game, which is I interesting, right? I mean, you know, and that's a point of debate. Is it better to throw that guy under the bus? I mean, here's one of the here's one of the arguably best quarterbacks of all time that is playing in the game, and you throw him right under the bus week one. But we does know, that motivate him or does that go, does it, that make it, him go, you know what? Screw you guys. He's Arians has never been a coach to bite his tongue. Well, that's, so true. that's I, true. I was shocked that he did it because it was Tom Brady, but I wasn't like, I wasn't shocked that it had like, it just, it, I was like, wait, really? Then I was like, well, you know, he, he doesn't bite his tongue. And those are the kind of coach, and you know, Sean Payton's the same exact way. If he's got something to say, he's going to let you know it. There's been quite a time that our jaws have dropped those things that he said, caught him on the sidelines. But I mean, that's, that's Bruce Arians for you. So not really surprised in the sense that he did it. It's just the fact that, hey, it's, you know, this is Tom Brady. This and is- again, week one, week one, you're, you're like, it's on you, Tom. Now, look, that could turn into a, that could fire him up. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what, what reaction that does and how things may change. Right. I mean, Mike Evans was even supposed to be, 
you know, we were hearing before the game that Mike Evans may not play. I knew that was a smoke screen though. When, you know, I, when but, I, yeah, I, I was like, he's going to play. And then it, right. and I was like, of course, when it, when they said he was playing, I'm like, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's I knew they were going to do that. You don't show your hand, especially this, this was the game of the week. This was three o'clock national game. That, like you said, highest ratings in four years, which is what's crazy is the Sunday night game with Dallas and the Rams. They had like 15% or, or 20% lower uh, viewership from last year's game. So we were like, we were the game of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, this was a highly anticipated matchup, and I think that it was worth uh, what everybody – I think everybody got to see what they wanted to see. You saw Tom Brady in that new offense. You saw Tom Brady be Tom Brady at times. You got to see, you know, Sean Payton and Drew Brees put a few things together. I do have some concern points on Drew Brees and the play calling. However, this is game one. I cannot be overly critical of that. And I won't be because I really was impressed with the way the team played. And quite frankly, I think you and I would both agree that the key to the Saints is how the defense performs. And we saw a very solid performance this past Sunday. Extremely, extremely solid. And it's weird, it's weird for me looking at it, knowing that there were so many times that Drew Brees and that offense pulled us out of a hole. And this week, it was the defense that did it. Right. And Sean Payton did come out and say that his play calling was atrocious. He did admit to it literally like not even 30 minutes after the game ended. So I, and, and Drew had come out too and said there were some things he needed to clean up. So I don't really worry about that. This is Drew Brees. Right. We all know pen to paper. This is Drew's last season. So the reports came out. We had talked about this, but with Tom Brady before, and it came out like right before the game. I was like, why do these splash reports have to always happen right before we play? <laughs> well, but, yeah. But, but we all know this is Drew's last season. So, I mean, and he's come out and he said, you know, I'm leaving a dollar on the table. I'm doing it, everything. We're just going to see, you know, where, where the chips fall. So I don't worry about that. I really right. don't. I think they're going to come together. It's just a little bit of rust going to knock off. I, I was actually really surprised that Emmanuel Sanders had as big as and as good of a game as he did and Mike Thomas didn't. But again, like I said, you know, the injury factor towards the end of the game and just the play calling was not great. Hopefully they'll have more time to gel. We'll see those numbers go up. I mean, because I, I know what we've got in him. I mean, that's why I advocated for him in the offseason when we talked about it. And he's he's with like I wish we would have had him a couple seasons ago. But I mean, hey, hindsight, you know, it's it's done. But but I mean now he's here and what he can do here in this offense. And we've got other playmakers too. I mean, I want to see Murray integrated a little bit more because we've got him we're paying and we need to utilize which him. which he 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 had a he had a good game he I had mean, a good he game really did play well he's a he is that bruiser as well as we've seen the, the flashes that he can have when he gets into open field so we know that he can play that position well it, it's about utilization and because you have such a dangerous weapon with Alvin Kamara you know it's almost the endless possibilities. The question mark for me, you know, had to be the tight end position. And I think that we saw some good play there, but I think we have to be more reliable. That quite frankly is my biggest question mark is how that can develop uh, and make sure that you have that position in check uh, and make sure that you're utilizing it once you do that, that offense we know is completely unstoppable. It and is... I don't like – I didn't like the cutesy plays with T Taysom Hill. I know the type of player he is, and I know he's so versatile, but there was times – and, again, it goes back to play calling. 
and I'm sure that's what Sean was alluding to, but sitting there looking at it, like he's in at a point. I'm like, why, why, you know, you're doing these cutesy plays. They don't need to be towards the end of the game. Yeah. You never, you never take your foot off the gas. If the the game is still in reach for your opponent, but at that point they weren't, you know, it's what we call garbage football basically. And you know, you, you, I'm, I'm looking at these, some of the, the play calling and some of the things they're doing. I'm like, well, why, why are you doing this now? And actually, I, that's one of the, the reason and when Michael uh, Thomas got hurt. But I, I did question some of the things with Taysom. I think they're just going to clean it up. I, I do. I think, I think give us another week or two. You're going to start seeing the numbers come up. I mean, Drew, as bad as Drew's numbers were for that game, he broke a record. Right, right. So, but on the, on the plus side, I have to say real quick, you know, Taysom Hill threw the ball downfield really well, which has been one of his bugaboos that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. But uh, he threw that ball really well. But I also wonder, and, and this may be a little controversial, but could that be kind of the idea that, you know what, we may, we may allow some of the long ball stuff to be passed around a little bit while we let Drew focus on running that, that quick kind of running gun offense that the Saints run. Could be, could very well be. I, I think this year, given where we're at, I think we're going to see a lot of those things come in that Sean has been working on that necessarily, because we have so many weapons, like you said, and once this offense gets clicking, nothing's going to stop us. I mean, even with Jameis, I had to wonder with him on the sidelines how, how weird it must have been for him sitting there seeing his old team, Drew, uh, I mean, Tom Brady at the helm, and knowing, you know, where he's at he's here with us and wh- where he stands with the team. Because we haven't really heard a whole lot of – I mean, we heard a little bit out of, out of training camp, but we really haven't heard a whole lot about him, not nearly as much as we did with Teddy last year. Yeah, but I think that what we have heard out of Jameis has all been very positive. It has. It has. I'm just curious. I'm just yeah. curious as to like, are we going to see him at all this year? He's he's third on the depth chart, which was kind of surprising when that came out. They had a, a Taysom listed as a second, and and Jameis is third. But I'm just curious as to whether we're going to see him a little bit. Is he going to get some play time, or will it be in a situation where we're up? you know, in the fourth quarter, but, you know, three or four scores. I mean, are, are they going to, is he going to, is Sean going to integrate some of the, the plays with him? Cause I know he's, they've said this like in the last couple of weeks that they had some things planned, some surprises. So what does that mean exactly? Look, I mean, is right? it, is it going to be more of those cutesy trick plays? I mean, are we going to, you know, I, we noticed it a lot with Alvin Kamara in the screenplay this week, which is very reminiscent of when Pierre Thomas was here. Yeah. yeah because those two together just were incredible. I mean, Pierre Thomas for, for the player of his caliber, we signed to be the king of the screenplay like that. And you just, you didn't see it. And we haven't seen that in a while. Not as, not as well as we have recently, but I think that um, you'll see a lot of that. I think you'll see a lot of um, more creative offense. And I think that Sean Payton realizes I've got three legitimate weapons at quarterback, all with different, skill sets all typical all capable of running the offense that we run it's just going to be how those are shuffled in and out and quite frankly I think you're in for a big test this weekend we saw Teddy Bridgewater have a pretty good game in Carolina this weekend I was very happy to see that also want to you know congratulate Joe Burrow on his first start um it wasn't it wasn't ideal. He had a no, couple of the, the ugliest I, passes we've ever seen, but he did show some flashes yes, of the did. potential he that did. he has. That, but 
that field you know, goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, uh, you know, sometimes you scratch your head and you go, oh, I don't know, maybe it's just the luck of the Bengals, you know. But, um, but I think that we have to look at this weekend and see that this is a pivotal matchup for the Saints because, you know, you alluded to it before. It's, uh, the Raiders aren't a team you look at on the schedule and go, oh, this is, this is a really big game. But this is the Raiders' home opener. It's going to be different because of the fan situation. They have got a very good team. Derek Carr looked fantastic this weekend. You've got to come to play on offense. You've got to come to play on defense. And uh, we're going we're going into a situation. You know, there's so many Saints fans who were supposed to be traveling. Yes. This was going to be the road game for we're the Saints. We're supposed to be year. leaving on Thursday. Every, to, to, some to people Vegas. were leaving today to go to Vegas, and some people have already left today to go to Vegas. They're still going out to try to just be a a part of the action. But I'm telling you, this this is a you know the Raiders came into the dome three years ago, and that game went in overtime and was very, very one of the best games I've seen in the dome in years. That was a great game, and the Raiders came out on top. I think this is a game to watch. It's going to be another great game. It's Monday Night Football. It's in this brand new, gorgeous stadium mm-hmm. they've built out there. Um, so, and, and of course, the, it's the Raiders' first game. And if you haven't Vegas. been to Vegas, if you haven't been to Vegas, it's one of the the funnest cities to visit. And there's Absolutely. so much more to do there than just gambling. I know it's known for that, but as, as somebody who's visited, it's a beautiful city. There's so much to do. I mean, it's 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 actually you can bring your family. I mean, there's there is a lot to do. It's beautiful. I'm so I'm glad to hear that you said you know people that are still going on this trip because a lot of my friends, you know, were planning on going and it was exciting and 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 we our our team and our fans they travel well they travel well for away games and this was this was one of the games when the schedule came out that everybody was talking about so i'm glad to hear that they're still planning on going but yes you're right it's their their first game you know as a as las vegas raiders in a new stadium it's prime time the saints are known for shining on prime time Mm -hmm. and it's a monday night game so there isn't anything else i mean everybody all eyes are going to be on that game Right. I think we're going to see great ratings on that one as well. It's going to be, yeah. The Saints have been known for bringing in great ratings. And then right after that, look who we play. Right. We play the Packers. That's another another key matchup. That's a game that has had me worried. And especially after seeing this, because I didn't get to see the Packers game. I saw highlights and saw the stats on the game. That's going to be a great game. That's I had I had all four screens going on Sunday, which was kind of nice. I had the feeling I was like, in the really good sports bar that's in my own living room. But I had four screens going. I had the Cubs on one screen, which, by the way, they threw their 16th no-hitter in their history just before the start of the Saints game on uh, on Sunday. Oh, you had a great Sunday then. <laughs> I, I, I did. I really did. It was amazing. And uh, then, you know, I had, I had a, a, all the other games on during the morning. I had two other games on in the afternoon. But I can tell you that Aaron Rodgers had one of his best – games of his career this past weekend and so we have to be thinking about that uh you know this this schedule is tough this is a tough schedule we play in a very tough division we've seen what uh carolina you know they came close uh atlanta came back from a deficit couldn't get it done uh but we still play in a very competitive division we have a very difficult schedule. We're playing a lot of quality teams this year. Yeah. So 
It is a matter of the tail end hurts. The tail end of the schedule is hard. I just I want to get to our bye week after the fifth game. I want to I want to be four and one. I'd like to be five and zero, oh, but I'm trying to be realistic. I feel like I feel like we can be four and one going yeah. into the bye week. And I think they're better at that point too. You know, you it is so hard to win every game, go into a bye week, and then there's a bit of complacency that can start to leak in. And so I think that you're better off with something in the L column when you go into the bye week because that really magnifies the things that you need to work on in that bye week. And so I, I think that that would be an advantage to them. Look, if they're five and zero, oh, I'm not going to be upset. By I'm any not means, you know? I just, just I'm like I said, I've always been a realist with the, as a Saints fan, and I've I've got us losing that Green Bay game, and and I I hated to say it when the schedule first came out, but I just think at Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. It's going to be a tough game, and I think that going into Vegas on a, and then we have a long week this week, and then we have a short week coming back. I just I think that that was the game that I had us losing. So I hope I'm wrong. I'd love for us to be five and zero. Saints fans, don't beat up on me, but I am a realist. I mean, you can't win them all. We're not going to go undefeated this this season. I don't think we will. I'd love it if we did. But that was one of the games I have us losing. So we go into the bye week at four and one. The end of the season is really the hardest. We are playing the Chiefs. And you saw how dominant they were Thursday night. And then we got to play the Vikings. I don't even want to get into the history there because, you know, literally. <laughs> we all know. Yeah, we all know. So, and then we got, and then we close it out Carolina. So the, the tail end of the season is hard. So we need to fit. We need to start strong. We need to finish strong. And as Drew always says, I finish strong, but we need to start strong with this game with this season and go into that bye week and we need to stay healthy. That's going to be the key. We have got to stay healthy. We've seen Philly this week. They had quite a few serious injuries with their players already. They're not starting off. Well, we, we need to stay healthy. We need right. our guys to stay healthy. Okay. We need to, we need to win. And because I mean, this is it, this is the, this is the, this is the, it's, it's, it's do or die this year. And I think when you talk about uh, the lack of preseason, I think one of the big issues that really gets spotlighted is the fact that the conditioning that comes at full speed football versus just, you know, your, your standard typical training camp. And of course this was not a typical training camp by any means, but that, that hard hitting, that fast action, it just wasn't there this season. So we saw a lot of teams take some significant injuries in the first week. The Saints luckily avoided that for the most part. We talked about the Michael Thomas situation, but I think that uh, compared to what we're seeing around the league, we'll take the high ankle sprain on Michael Thomas compared to some of the injuries that we saw this week. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and like I said, we, I felt like we were a little rusty and I, I think just after a week or two, we're going to set, we're going to settle in. I don't want to ever see teams and players get injured. It's, it's, it's a scary thing when you see players dropping the way they had been. And, you know, we were a victim of that a couple of years ago. I think we had what 17 players on IR. We had like 20 something players overall. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough as a fan because you know the talent you have and you have one guy and it's always next man up. But then if that next man up gets hurt, 
it, it, it takes a lot out of a lot out of the players it takes a lot out of the fans because like I said the game is is mental as much as it is physical and if you know that your number one guy was there, you what was it when when Drew hurt his thumb I mean everybody kind of gave us to the point where oh you know our season's over and, and Teddy Bridgewater stepped up and did a great job and won those games for us but I mean it took a lot out of us because you're sitting there looking forward going you know where we're going to be what's going to happen right right exactly that's true so we don't want to see that happen to any team by no means at all but it's it's hard I mean I do I feel for players and I feel for their fans when you've got so much promise going into a season but I mean for us we really have a lot on the line this year because we know the window's closing and I I don't want to ever see our players and our fans look at it like okay well you know so Drew retires this year and then oh well we're back to where we are because no we we still have a lot of talented and young players on our roster but it's just who's going to be the answer to take over. Is it Taysom? Is it, is it uh, Jameis? Or is it somebody else? Well, and just that changing of the guard. I mean, you know, Drew Brees has been here for 15 years. I mean, we, we don't know what life uh, – we hardly remember what life before Drew, Drew was like. <laughs> so yeah, now – don't want to think about what life after we, Drew is like. Right, right. We have to, we have to really be uh, – pushing that concept or accepting it, none of us really want to quite accept it just yet. So I am on board with you there. But I think that um, in terms of starting a season uh, for as marquee of a matchup as that was, uh, the Saints played very well. The defense performed. We saw the special teams come through a few times. I mean, we really couldn't have asked for a whole lot more than what we got and I think if you didn't expect a rusty offense, obviously, you know, that when that Green Bay-Minnesota game started, I think at the end of the first quarter, it was seven to five. Nobody would, nobody realized that, you know, the, the offenses are going to take time to get going. I think that's the case for both the Saints and the Bucks. But I think that we should feel very comfortable with what we saw out of our team this weekend. And I, I, I can't wait for Monday. Uh, neither me, neither me. I'm ready to get past this Hurricane Sally business and you know, get the weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful this weekend. I think the highs are in 85, 86. I, saw. I think Saturday the high is 83 with like a 30% humidity or yep. 40% like lows in the 60. So I am just that's so fall. ready. It's fall. I am so ready for it. I do y'all know is follow me on social media. Jeff, you know, I talked about it enough with our outdoor kitchen and now I'm finally get to utilizing. And I said, I, I don't care if my countertops or my cabinets are done. I will be sitting out there watching the game on Sunday. And that's I was, right. and it was nice to enjoy it. And, and, and it, it gives you a little break too, just to kind of get out there and get outside. Um, we have the two, ceiling fans but obviously it's still hot so yeah. i'm really looking forward to it this weekend to go out there and enjoy it and grill if if the weather holds up because it is only tuesday and it can change but i and then hopefully nothing else pops up because it, right. it, there's still what 37 tropical storms in the atlantic for y'all not listening uh, in, in Louisiana, it's it's been a struggle here. This this hurricane, this whole year has been kind of a crazy year, but it's been a struggle here for, for the last couple of weeks. I mean, we had Hurricane uh, Laura come through and just devastate the Lake Charles area. And um, I'm, t- I'm going to tell y'all a little story uh, that for people that are listening that don't follow me on social media or, or, or in my Facebook group. In 2016, they had a very devastating flood in the southeast Louisiana area. It was Baton Rouge, 
all Ascension Parish, Denham Springs, Livingston Parish, people that had never flooded, people that didn't have flood insurance here didn't, I mean, when they bought their houses or built their houses, they didn't know they needed flood insurance because their New Orleans is in the fishbowl, but in the Baton Rouge and Ascension area, it doesn't flood here at all. And so they had some rain and it came through and it was just crazy weather. And what happened was, is as the, the storm came out, the, the waterways, like the winds changed and everything backed up. So a lot of, a lot of people, roadways flooded. I mean, people were like, we know somebody my husband works with, they were, they were home and they thought everything was fine. And then within like two hours, water started backing up and then their house started flooding. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, because it's a small, more rural areas and in some of these cities, I probably mentioned people won't even know what I'm talking about. Santa Maria, French settlement, Denham Springs. It's outside of Baton Rouge. It's about an hour. Baker, Walker. Yeah. All those little areas. All these little areas flooded and they just didn't get national attention like the hurricanes do. So all these people, and you're talking thousands of people, like in Ascension Parish, it was like 60% of the parish flooded all these people, they just had no clue what to do. And me being from New Orleans and, you know, friends that live up here have been from New Orleans. We've been through Katrina. We've been through Rita and Gustav. We, we're, we're, I'd say pros at it, but we are. I mean, we knew what to do, take pictures and things. So we started a group called Louisiana Strong. And basically our goal was to get resources and assistance to people in one place where they can not feel like they're overwhelmed because I mean here you are you're in your home you're trying to gut things out take pictures and you just you don't know where to start I mean a lot of like I said didn't even have flood insurance my coworker at the time had flood insurance and did not have contents insurance and didn't even realize it because when she built her house her agent said well you don't really need flood insurance we're just going to get you the basic policy so her house was actually covered her structure was covered but her contents weren't so imagine like your house floods and you're thinking I've got to re I've got to redo my house, but then I've lost everything in it. I got to throw out and I don't have money for it. It's a very struggling and stressful time. So we created this group called Louisiana strong, which is really close to my heart. And we, we got close to like 1500 members, literally like overnight. So we were able to, to help get a lot of resources. They had church groups, they had different organizations and businesses sponsoring lunch. People could go and pick up lunch. So basically you know, that, that was the purpose of the group at the time. And we put out information for like news resources. Me personally, my husband and I and some friends, we went and picked up supplies, loaded up my car. We had a list of families in the area that actually went to their house and delivered the supplies to them like water and, and gloves and cleaning products and, and even popsicles because you know, your house is flooded. It's hot. You're trying to gut everything. You don't think about those things. Right. You know, it's little things like that. So I kept the group active obviously, but we, we never really had a use for it. And then Harvey hit a couple of years ago. And so, it, so I, I just kind of kept the group active. And then of course, when Laura happened, it just, it was devastating seeing the photographs because people just, it's again, same situation. They're not getting the national attention. People don't realize there are people sleeping in tents Mm -hmm. in front of their houses and in parks because they're not getting assistance that they need right now because you're not hearing about it. I mean, right now, if you put on the weather channel, all they're talking about is Sally. You put on the, the national news channels, all they're doing is talking about the wildfires, which are extremely, extremely dangerous out on the uh, East coast, but also, I mean, people are talking about the, the, um, I'm sorry, West coast. They're talking about all the, the, the storm surge and everything going on with Sally. But, but what about the people that just went through the devastation of Laura? This takes the attention off of them. So I felt like the group really needed to get back up and running 
And so we got it revamped and that's where I've been the last couple of weeks <laughs> posting about it and trying to get people information and just getting the resources out there. I mean, we've had a couple of different organizations that have donated food that have actually went out there and cooked for a week straight. And I know that that doesn't sound like a big deal, but when your house is either the roof has been blown off or it's got three feet of water in it and you can't cook a hot meal is probably one of the most important things because these people are getting away, getting up at six o'clock in the morning, starting their day, you know, cleaning out their house, going through things that they lost. They're not thinking about that. They just don't. It's, it's heartbreaking, but I mean, I've, we've been there. You've been there. I've been there. You don't think about that. There's a fatigue that comes along with feeling forgotten and one of the problems that has happened with this storm, because, you know, I watched the coverage when, when the storm hit Lake Charles, and we saw that the Weather Channel and the national media and everything else did its, did its own little like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. It was just, you know, what they didn't see was all the towns that had been between Lake Charles and the Gulf getting completely devastated. And... The damage, you know, the, the Weather Channel rolled out like real quick the next mm-hmm. morning and didn't really even stop and survey what had happened no. in the neighborhoods. And that's no. a damn shame, and honestly. Ups- that's what upset me the most is because they said, oh, well, the storm surge wasn't as bad as predicted. Okay, yeah, it wasn't. But go, been- look, at, go, look, go look, on, look at the pictures. I mean, all you have to do is Google or go on Facebook and, and, and look up Hurricane Laura aftermath or Hurricane Laura. Hit your hashtags, do your searches. You can see the, and I'm not talking, these aren't like reporters pictures that were in there for two seconds. These are people that live there. They've been driving around because these are small communities. Everybody knows everybody. When you see images of people sleeping in tents, that is heartbreaking knowing because they don't have a house to go back to. Or they're standing in line. There's like, you know, 50 people standing in line for, for some home-cooked jambalaya or some hot dogs or hamburgers because you know, there was a business at, over at, um, I think it was at the Walmart and DeRitter that posted, I think it was DeRitter, that posted that they were grilling hamburgers and hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like you said, it's that fatigue that's in you get up and you're, you're going through everything and people just don't realize it. And they did exactly like you said. They rolled in and rolled out and they said, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as we predicted it was still bad. Those people still need our attention. They still need our help. Right. And I I have to say, Tina, you do an amazing job with the Louisiana Strong. You've, I've followed that for a a couple of years. It's one of the ways that you and I have stayed in touch over the years. And I think you've done a tremendous job with it. And I want to encourage anybody, if you want to get more of the story, if you want to be able to help, you know, go on Facebook, check out Louisiana Strong, and get a little bit more of the story about what's really kind of happening down here. Because this state, um, you know, we we pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and we mm-hmm. figure out ways to push on. And we know that uh, we know that sometimes people want to help and they don't always know how to help. And That's so what most I encourage you to me. check it out. Yeah. That they they contact me they, they via Facebook or they message me on Twitter and they'll say, well, what what can I do? And at this point, really any, anything you do is going to help anything, whether you go out there and you cook a meal or you donate to one of the organizations, it's not hard to find. Cause like I said, if you, if you're on the group, I'm constantly posting on there. Um, we're, you know, we're constantly tweeting about it. We're talking about it. 
it's just to me right now, awareness is the key. That's the thing that upsets me the most about all of this, because as somebody that grew up, was born and raised in New Orleans, went through Katrina, you know, I have friends. I, we were not as bad as some, some of my friends, but I mean, do you, at that point, you just don't know where to turn to and resources and information is the most important thing because it's very frustrating when you've got 50 billion things going on that you're trying to deal with and you don't know where to get the right information. You don't know who to call or what to do. You know, how do I apply for FEMA? Do I take pictures? Do I, th th That's the biggest mistake people do is they start ripping out and tearing out everything in their house and getting rid of it before getting documentation and photographs. Right. And by the time the information reaches them, it may be too late. They may right. have already done more damage than they could do just by not knowing because they didn't have access to information. They didn't have access to even a radio. I know people who are just getting into the city in the last couple of weeks who've gone, I haven't heard anything other than when once a day somebody would come by with a, you know, a little bit of food or a little bit of whatever. And they go, you know, look, this is, you got to get out, but they didn't have a car. They didn't, they weren't bussing people out like we mm. saw in other storms and other situations. So we know it's there and we know that right now our country is dealing with a lot of natural disasters. Our heart, our hearts go out to the people that are on the West coast and we absolutely would do anything we can help there as well. But that's where the attention is right now. What's happened in Southwest Louisiana is off of the radar because mm -hmm. it was not an ongoing event. And so uh, I hope that, that you guys will uh, kind of listen a little bit and, and at least check out and see what's going on. Yeah, and I've, if I've you can help, you can. If you can't, even just kind of keeping us in your thoughts. Exactly, spread the word because you might not have been personally affected a friend might but a friend of a friend i have a lot of friend of friends that are telling us that they're just getting their electricity on just mm -hmm. now getting their electricity on and i tell you who's been a amazing supporter for the people out there is the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. I know we had Jen Kelly on a couple months back, who's the director of Louisiana Hospitality. They went out there every single day for a week and provided hot meals, hot lunches, and dinners from different area restaurants in New Orleans. And I know people that went out there and you know were, were able to get meals and were just so grateful because that was one less thing they had to worry about for a day. So that's the kind of things when people say, what can I do to help? Just spread the word because somebody you know has been affected and they may not, just the fact that they can wake up one day and have one less thing they have to worry about, you know, where can I get information on this or who do I need to call or what should I do? That's the point. That's the purpose of the group. We're not asking for donations. We're not asking for anything. What we do is we provide information on resources. We provide information on meals, on supplies. There's church groups out there and different businesses, large corporations that are coming out there that are, that are giving away supplies, cleaning products, water, sponges, masks, mop buckets, things that just, like you said, it's common things that we all have in our home that these people have lost and they need. I mean, you wouldn't think a pack of, of, of Scotchgard sponges makes a world of difference. But I mean, when you're trying to clean up your house and salvage your things, that's important. You know, uh, unfortunately, obviously Lysol and, and, and cleaning wipes are, are, are really in scarce demand right now. But I mean, just, just anything to clean their, their house. My church, they, they, they loaded up a trailer and brought out supplies there, pine saw, things like that. So it's just, it's the little things like that, but we don't, our group doesn't do any of that at all. Our, our main focus is to just get the information out there. So that way people have a one-stop shop. 
whether they looking for who's delivering lunches today, where are they going? What stores are open? Do, does this grocery store have bread? Little things like that. That's what we do is we post information. And then as I hear it, I relate on to other people. People contact me and ask me, Hey, let, I want to go out there and, and go deliver some, some bottled water. I've got a pallet full of water. Where, where can I go? And that's the point of Louisiana Strong. So anybody right. that, that wants to to wants to help out, definitely join the group. We're on Facebook. Like I said, we started in 2016 when 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 we had the flood, and we just you know I, we're here to help as much as we can because it breaks my heart as somebody who's been through it personally with previous hurricanes. The word needs to get out. These are small towns; they need our assistance, and they're just not getting what what they need nationally because I mean, they've been devastated. So I, I'm hoping people that are listening outside of the area, check it out and just see, like you said, check it out and see what's going on over there because it's really heartbreaking And our heart. There's so much going on all over the country right now. It's really. Yeah, and, and I tell you, and that's the thing is that I'm not, I, I do not want to place all the blame on the media or anybody else for the fact that that attention isn't there this year. We all know we've dealt with more than we've ever had to ever, um, that, you know, in, in most of our lifetimes. And so there is a lot of attention that needs to be spread across. But, you know, mm -hmm. being that this, this state and, and any of you who, who live here, who have been here, this is a different kind of place. And we really try to take care of ourselves. We really try to take care of each other. And um, we just, we, we want to make sure that people know that there are people in this state that are really having a rough time, but because of the magnitude of some of the other things that are happening in our country and in our world, uh, that tends to be a little overlooked. So again, uh, Tina, you do a fantastic job of getting that information out. And I hope that uh, those of you listening will take a quick look. Yeah, and just quick shout out to all our friends and everybody in the Alabama, Florida, Gulf Coast area. We're praying for y'all too, because I know Sally is 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 sticking around for the next couple of days, and uh, I've had it kept on the Weather Channel, keeping an eye on, it, and my heart breaks for them too, because I know what they're going through. And of course, we'll be there to back all of them up yes, too. We're happy to. Most of us all have family along the Gulf Coast anyway. If they don't live down here. We got uh, we got family and friends all across the Gulf Coast and and, um, you know, keep your keep your eyes on what's happening down here. And of course, it's not over. We still have a lot of activity out in the Atlantic. We still have a disturbance in the Gulf right now, which unfortunately we may talking about. We may be talking about more this weekend and, and uh, early next week. Uh, hopefully that just goes away. But we always have to keep our focus on what the next event is here. And uh, I tell you, but. There, as much as it, it feels sometimes like it's overwhelming doom and gloom, it is like we talked about, it's fall, it's football season. Yes. Even Tulane, Tulane had that amazing comeback win on Saturday night. I want to congratulate Tulane on that win. We're about to see high school football start to kick off here in the next couple yes, of weeks a in lot Louisiana. Of my kids are excited about People that. People are very <laughs> excited. Of course, you know, I had to tell you, you were talking earlier about the crowd noise and how weird it was to adjust. I've adjusted to it because I've been watching baseball for the last two months. But um, <laughs> and, and of course, the baseball playoffs are coming up. The Cubs have the largest lead in baseball in a division right now at four games. I'm super excited. But uh, we are we do have things to be uh, giving us giving our, our attention to when we just need to relax. And we know that there are a lot of things that we have to pay attention to all the time. But the best part is 
we're all going to get through this, yes. but just keep doing what yeah, we just do. Just roll baby. with the punches. That's, that's, my, that's my motto for 2020. Just roll with the punches. And I am just so glad to be back with you tonight, Jeff. I, I, I enjoyed the time off because it's always good to have a break. And I knew that we had so much that was getting ready to come up in the next couple of weeks. So it was good for us to take a little time out and get amped up because like you said, it's fall. We've got football and so much going on. But I'm glad to be back for our listeners. We have some really cool things that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks with the show. So y'all definitely stay tuned. And as always, if y'all have any questions or suggestions for the show, you know where to hit us up. We're always on Twitter. This is Tina at The NOLA Girl with my awesome co-host, Jeff. And you can find me, The NOLA Rolla on Twitter. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. We will see you back next Tuesday. And uh, go Saints! Who dat? Who dat? (laughs) Y'all have a wonderful night. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Now serving F27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg. Then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? (laughs) I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid.